0: Coming to you from somewhere in Sanctuary, this is episode 338 of Shattered Soulstone, your Diablo community podcast. This episode is called Union. It is December 16, 2021, and this is Jen. So I've got a lot of stuff here today to talk about that I haven't talked about on the show yet. Some of this is news. If you've been following along on Twitter and the A Better ABK and such, you may know some of this. Or maybe you skipped over it because, you know, this is the holiday season and people are busy. So here's what I've got for today. On December 7th, A Better ABK, which is the ABK Workers Alliance, uh, tweeted this. In an unprecedented show of love and solidarity, all of Treyarch's central QA has walked out. Thank you for your devotion to your peers and bettering this industry. Now, what's that about? If you uh, remember, there is a group called Raven, Raven Software, and there was a walkout because a number of them abruptly got fired from Activision Blizzard. They were a QA group. uh, So not all of them got fired, but many of them did abruptly right before Christmas with, like, no warning at all whatsoever. And um, so there's an article here from Rock Paper Shotgun. And in addition to the Raven employees, other Activision Blizzard employees did a third walkout to uh, protest this. So this article is written by Graham Smith on December 7th. It's titled, More Activision Blizzard QA staff are walking out in second day of protest. Yesterday, more than 60 employees of Raven Software held a walkout in protest of parent company Activision, laying off around a third of the company's quality assurance team. Today, that walkout has entered its second day and spread to the QA departments of other Activision studios, including Blizzard. The walkout's extension was announced by Activision employee group A Better ABK via Twitter. And what they tweeted that day was, Today, workers from Raven QA are walking out for the second day in a row. They are joined by workers from QA." Texas, QA, Minnesota, and Blizzard QA. These workers are standing in solidarity with the statement Raven QA put forward yesterday. They are using the social media hashtag, hashtag WeAreRaven. And there's a little bit more in here. Blizzard Senior Test Analyst Jessica Gonzalez, uh, used to go by BlizzJess, might still be, I'd have to check, uh, confirmed Blizzard Blizzard's QA's participation, tweeting that, quote, we are walking out because our jobs are invaluable and it's unacceptable for a multi-million dollar company to toy with workers' livelihoods to get better numbers in QA. Raven Software are primarily responsible for Call of Duty Warzone. Warzone is due to receive a huge update tomorrow, which means it's probably already had it because this was written on the 7th, with a new Pacific map to follow from the recent launch of Call of Duty Vanguard. Activision and many large publishers have a habit of making QA staff redundant just as new games launch. In their statement yesterday a better ABK noted that many of the employees fired had relocated to Wisconsin for the roles, quote, without ABK assistance, placing them in financial and housing crisis in an area with limited options in this industry. This is, again, the third walkout from Activision Blizzard uh, workers. So there's that. You may see pictures on Twitter if you scroll back far enough. And um, I tend to not post the pictures because I don't want, like me personally, this is just me, Um, If there's a protest of some kind or a walkout of some kind and people have taken photos of people, even if they're wearing masks, I kind of feel like some nasty person at their company might scroll through Twitter looking for that and then target that individual unfairly and maybe fire them. So I don't repost those things, but they're out there if you want to take a look at it. Yeah, so the Washington Post on, let's see what day they did this. December 6th, so day before that. At least 200 Activision Blizzard workers join walkout in protest of layoffs. And let's see if they have anything different. Um, they have a bit of a timeline here. At least 200 Activision Blizzard workers across various studios and teams have walked out over work... Uh, walked out of work Tuesday as a continuation of a work stoppage initiated by workers at Raven Software Monday. Over 60 workers at Raven Software, an Activision Blizzard-owned game studio, walked out of work Monday in protest of their parent company laying off 12 of the studio's quality, quality assurance testers Friday. This is the parent company's third work stoppage in five months since it was sued in late July over sexual harassment and misconduct claims. On Tuesday, quality assurance testers in Texas and Minnesota, as well well as some working at blizzard in irvine california will join raven software contractors in solidarity and in protest of the total of 20 people that activision blizzard laid off as of monday as part of the walkout which has no set end date workers are demanding that all raven quality assurance contractors including the ones laid off friday receive full-time positions and that the company reverses the past week's layoffs at raven um, there's also a virtual walkout where you use the hashtag hashtag we are raven uh, the stoppage began on Monday at twelve thirty PM Eastern time and included both contractors and full time employees. In response, Activision Blizzard wrote in a Monday statement to the Washington Post, quote, We support their right to express their opinions and concerns in a safe and respectful manner without fear of retaliation. Raven Studio head Brian Raffle told employees in a studio wide meeting Monday that he didn't consider the terminations to be layoffs. That's kind of confusing. How oh, You're terminated, but you're not laid off? What? What kind of playing with English language is he doing here? Instead, he described them as a temporary employment, as temporary employment agreements that weren't renewed, according to people who were present at the meeting. Okay, so this is playing around with words to get out of saying, yes, we fired these people. That's what they're trying not to say. That's what apparently Raven Studio head Brian Raffle was told by Activision. Yeah, so some contract workers not just in gaming, are on a contract for a set amount of time, and then it's up to the big corporation to decide if they want to keep you. And it appears that Activision Blizzard uh, decided that they didn't want to keep the, some of the people from Raven, but they're not terminated. They're not laid off. What? <laughs> you know, this is kind of nonsense um, to continue. Raffle apologized and said that the communication could have been clearer. He described them as temporary employment agreements that weren't renewed according to people present at the meeting. And uh, so he could have been clearer and that the meetings to hand out terminations took longer than expected due to having to meet one-on-one with individuals. In regard to the layoffs, Activision Blizzard said in a Monday statement that it was, quote, growing its overall investment in its development and operations resources, end quote, and that it ended contracts with 20 temporary workers, including the 12 from Raven, across its studios as part of that change. The company also said that about 500 contractors would become full-time employees in the coming months now i don't believe this at all i don't believe they're going to have 500 contractors become full-time employees in the coming months because there's been a lot of people on twitter who either are part of those uh you know contract workers who are still there or have uh been uh i guess not terminated or laid off um supposedly they have been but They were saying that when they started, they were told that you should find housing, you know, near... They had to move. They had to move to, was it Wisconsin or something, to to find living space while you're working, even though it was a contract situation that they were pushed to do that. So that's a huge investment on their part. Just, you know, they've been told from the beginning that, oh, well, if you do well, then you could become a full-time employee. And that was a big fat lie to keep them there up until the minute they decided to fire people, which is absolutely horrible behavior from any company. And no one should have to put up with that especially right before christmas when it's hard to get jobs and when people you know apparently have to find new housing so that's just me that's not what the washington post is saying but yeah it's it's kind of a mess you know it's really kind of a mess um, there was a quote here. It feels like Activision's toxic culture is starting to bleed into Raven. The people who were let go seem to have been chosen completely at random and the rest of us have survivor's guilt because we know our teammates deserve to still be here. We're all just incredibly heartbroken said a Raven quality assurance tester who is still with the company and spoke on the condition of anonymity for fear of retaliation. Friday's layoffs, which affected a dozen contractors at the Wisconsin-based studio who test games for quality assurance purposes, were billed as part of a stru- studio restructuring. More com- Contractors will be informed by Wednesday about the status of their employment, current employees told The Washington Post. A third of the studio's quality assurance testers have been laid off so far. And yeah, um, Washington Post also notes that Activision Blizzard, one of the world's biggest gaming companies and publisher of popular franchises like Call of Duty and World of Warcraft, made over $2 billion in revenue within three months, it said in a November earnings call. So this means they really could have paid those workers. They really could have done it. They could have paid them. They could have made them full-time as they'd been promising. Um, Instead, they screwed them over. So there you go. That's Activision Blizzard. Continuing on from that... On December 7th, a person named Lisa Bloom, who is a trial lawyer who fights for victims of discrimination, harassment, and abuse. That's in her bio on Twitter. And she was representing a Blizzard employee. She put a tweet out on this. Um... I represent a Blizzard employee who alleges she's a victim of sexual harassment. Our press release for our press conference tomorrow, this was written on the 7th, at the Irvine headquarters where we will demand account accountability for the victims who have been subjected to harassment at the video game company. And they did, in fact, put out a video. It's on Instagram. I think I have a link somewhere. And everything I talk about on this show that has a link to it is goes it goes into the show notes at shattered com if you want to read more than what i'm giving you here uh somebody who retweeted this said that for those who don't know lisa bloom represented the victims of bill cosby and bill o'reilly and that this is huge and so i checked on that to make sure that's right i mean i you know you read but you check you know <laughs> you got to make sure um so lisa bloom uh is known for uh a Let's see. She is an American attorney known for advising Harvey Weinstein amid various sexual abuse allegations and for representing women who those sexual harassment claims participated uh, for representing women whose sexual harassment claims precipitated the firing of Bill O'Reilly from Fox News. She is the daughter of Gloria Allred, originally Gloria Bloom, um, who is another person that supports women that have been abused in the workplace and things like that. So this is a big deal. This isn't just some random lawyer. This is huge. This is a big deal. And there's an article on the Orange County Register that was published on the 8th. So after the video went out, and I, again, the video's on Instagram, and I'll have links. This one's titled, Blizzard Employee Recounts Sexual Harassment, Comma, Demotion at Irvine Game Publisher. The woman has been with the company for four years and claims that after reporting allegations of harassment, she was demoted and denied certain benefits. She's going by Christine, and Lisa Bloom had made it very clear that she does not want anyone posting this woman's last name, including the reporters that were watching this when it was live. Yeah, so uh, let's see. I'll read you a tiny little bit of this. A four-year employee with Blizzard Entertainment in Irvine stood outside the company gates Wednesday morning, describing a workplace rampant with sexual harassment and retribution for those who reported allegations of misconduct. Her allegations echoed those of state and federal investigations accusing parent company Activision Blizzard of looking the other way as as its workplaces became more and more, quote, toxic, end quote, to female employees. In September, the company agreed to set aside $18 million for employees who were discriminating against i'm going to come back to that part a little bit later on in this episode um so she kind of explained exactly what had happened to her and i'm not going to read all of that out because it may be triggering for some people who have lived through this type of stuff but you can you can read it in the uh orange county register article if you want to or you can watch the video on instagram to hear her statement there's a little bit in here talking about the previous lawsuits which we already know about Workers at Blizzard have twice walked off the job, technically three times by the time this article went out, uh, to protest management's response to the lawsuit's allegations. ABK workers, well, I guess the third one actually isn't about this specifically, but there have been three walkouts. ABK Workers Alliance in mid-November demanded the company replace Chief Executive Bobby Kotick. The company in October canceled its popular BlizzCon event because of the misconduct scandal. The state lawsuit also contends women were routinely paid less than men for similar work and were less likely to be promoted. And we know that's true because when Jen O'Neill left, uh, she was supposed to be a co-president with uh, Mike Kubara, and Blizzard was paying him more than her, significantly more so all of this matches all of this sounds about right um, so there's that there's more in this and there's a link for the Instagram I don't know if the video is still up I didn't check before he started the show okay so on December 9th ABK Workers Alliance tweeted thanks to feedback from some of our members the ABK Workers Alliance would like to clarify the scope and demands of the ongoing strike going occurring at Activision Blizzard and it's a thread um, so I'll read you part of the thread Uh, The focus of the strike is the employment status of members of Raven QA. As of December 3rd, members of Raven QA were unexpectedly told that their contracts would be terminated effective January 28th. Some of these employees are having their contracts terminated prematurely. Recently, Raven QA employees had been inaccurately told that they would have consistent work and were encouraged to relocate at their own expense with the promise of future raises and better conditions, only to have one-third of their staff terminated without reason. Raven QA views these terminated employees as critical to their work operations, and their unexpected terminations is unjust. Employees across Raven QA and some of their allies throughout the ABK organization are striking in solidarity with the employees who were affected. We support Raven QA employees and their efforts, such as our strike demands that ABK and Raven reinstate these unjustly terminated employees hire all members of Raven AQ who frequently are kept on contract for years on end as full-time employees. While we are still committed to the four demands we made of leadership at the beginning of the a better ABK movement. And while we are working towards unionization, the focus of this strike is solely on our, our mistreated colleagues at Raven QA. And it kind of continues from there. There is a strike fund, so you can uh, donate money if you choose to, uh, to help people who are engaging in Uh, supporting Raven and calling for them to be uh, given their jobs back, I guess is a simple way to put it. So some of them are going to be working without pay because they're fired. Um, And, you know, this is just to help people along. Because they were the people that were wronged. It wasn't, I mean, Activision Blizzard, Activision specifically, I guess this one is, did a really bad thing to them right before Christmas. So, you know, people try to help. So if you can, there's a link and uh, you can make your own decision about that. PC Gamer, uh, about a week ago, uh, talks about, let's see, Activision Blizzard employees announce formal strike, launch fundraiser to support work stoppage. I think I kind of went over that, but there's an article with a little bit more, and it also talks about the Washington Post article. On December 9th, a person who is a video games journalist at Washington Post and some other places previous to that, named uh, Shannon Liao. Uh, wrote, Activision Blizzard employees are taking one more step towards unionization today, calling for workers across the company to sign union authorization cards in support of a union. They launched a GoFundMe page with the goal of $1 million to create funds for striking. Story to come. And then there's the story, okay? So the story is, Activision Blizzard's tel- Blizzard tells employees it can improve culture without a union. Activision Blizzard told employees Friday that ongoing work toward improving company culture would be best achieved without a union, according to an email shared with the Washington Post. Chief Administrative Officer Brian Bulatow sent the company-wide email in response to Activision Blizzard employees, along with the Media Labor Union Communication Workers of America, that's CWA, asking workers to sign a union authorization card, which could eventually lead to a company-wide vote on forming a union. The company's response comes as, Employees in their fifth day of a work stoppage in protest of contractor layoffs at Raven Software, an Activision Blizzard-owned studio that produces games like Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War and Call of Duty Warzone. A total headcount for the walkout remains unclear as employees have stopped working virtually across Activision Blizzard's many studios. Here's from the letter. Um, I think I have a full copy of the letter here somewhere, but I'll read you this part that's here. Quote, We ask only that you take time to consider the consequences of your signature on the binding legal document presented to you by the CWA. Butilato wrote in an email, quote, achieving our workplace culture aspirations will best occur through active, transparent dialogue between leaders and employees that we can act upon quickly. That is the better path than simply signing an electronic form offered to you by the CWA or awaiting the outcome of a legally mandated and regulated bargaining process sometime in the future. So they're scared. That's what this is. They're scared. This has finally scared Activision Blizzard. Okay. Um, In addition to that, this is nonsense. Nothing bad is going to happen to you for signing a a card, you know (laughs) know what I mean? And yeah, it's a legal document, so you can make a union. It's the first step toward a union. You get enough people that sign these cards, you get enough people to come vote that they want a union, you have a union. Probably, long story short, but that's kind of how this works. And to have um, the company that you work for, who knows that you're going around having people sign these cards and show an interest in joining a union... To try to act as though, oh, no, that's so bad for you. Just listen to us. means they're scared. It means they're scared. It means they know that they're screwed now because this is going to go through. People are angry. People are getting laid off for no reason. People are being very supportive of other people within the company that have been abused. This is just, you know, I don't know, trying to guilt them into it or trying to make them think if you sign the thing, you've signed away your soul somehow or something, some nonsense like this. Healthy companies in, you know, good workplaces don't pull these kinds of shenanigans. They don't. This this guy's got something to hide. Or he's hiding it on behalf of Activision or whatever, you know. It's really bad. This is this is not a good look, Butilato. This is not a good look at all. Uh, to continue from the Washington Post, um, uh, Butilato wrote that under the National Labor Relation Relations Act, the company recognized employees' right to join a union. They recognize their right, but they don't want you to do it. You know, it's terrible. Um, I'll read you one more paragraph from this Washington Post article. Quote, Activision Blizzard's email presents a hard line anti-union message to pressure employees against supporting unionization, said Risa L. Lievowitz, labor and employment law professor at Cornell University. That's Cornell's pretty good, I would think. Uh, quote The email plays close to the line of illegality and the implication that Activision Blizzard's, quote, pledged progress in workplace conditions are linked to the company being non union. Wow. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Um, Washington Post points out the video game game industry in the United States is not unionized so a move to get workers to sign union cards is notable it brings Activision Blizzard workers one step closer to organizing although those who sign the authorization cards are not obligated to join a union and can withdraw their cards if they change their minds later I don't think they're going to change their minds after all of this that's happened yeah there's some other stuff in here about it they do note that Activision Blizzard workers have walked out three times in five months since the gaming company was sued in July over sexual harassment and gender-based discrimination allegations. You know, so it's just, wow. You know, here's a quote from CWA organizing director Tom Smith, who's helped with the strike fund effort. Quote, Activision Blizzard just continues to show us all how to not effectively manage a business. And as a longtime Blizzard player, it breaks my heart. And as a trade unionist, it's pretty infuriating. But I think this latest controversy at Raven is, again, entirely self-inflicted on management's part. Their only path forward for this company is to meet the righteous demands laid out in the original walkout and commit to higher labor standards, which center workers having a meaningful voice in all company matters. So that's, that's a thing. That's a thing. Now, again, I've said this before. When... You know, stuff about gaming companies reaches like the Wall Street Journal, the Washington Post, you know, some of these other ones. It's a big deal. It's a real big deal for them to go ahead and write about that. Let's see. Axios on the 10th said organizers slam Activision Blizzard for, quote, union busting. And I think it's basically what's there. But it's if you don't want to read the whole article to yourself later, uh, this has like little bullet points that will... We bring you through it in a quicker way it's kind of like cliff notes i suppose uh wowhead has an article from 10 days ago call of duty devs walk out after surprise layoffs at activision blizzard's raven software turns out i'm not going to read to the whole thing but it looks like about a dozen temporary employees from call of duty development uh Layoff Studio, Raven Studio. Okay, they were surprised to find that their contracts would not be extended into the new year. Blindsided by the lack of warning and their new termination date of January 28th rapidly approaching, this sparked immediate outrage between fellow employees who organized a walkout protest of some 60 employees demanding their fellows be reinstated. Um, That's coming from Polygon. I think I have that in here somewhere, possibly. Um, So I'm going to move on a little bit. Here's Code CWA, which is the union that uh, ABK... Uh, workers are are looking for. And they wrote this. It's disappointing to see Activision Blizzard management at yet another choice point when they could have done the right thing, double down and continue to take the low road. Instead of responding to their workers' concerns, they've opted to blast the most tired, anti-union talking points straight from the union busting script. Union avoidance campaigns waste resources that ABK management could otherwise be using to address serious concerns, such as compensating the victims of sexual harassment. We hope management will come to its senses and see that their only viable path forward is to meet the righteous demands from the initial walkout including ensuring there is a lasting worker voice in all company matters in order to do that management should commit itself to becoming and remaining neutral with regards to any employee organizing efforts finally we want to reiterate that activision blizzard employees have a right as workers to organize for a work environment free from abuse and this is the this, right, is protected by federal labor law. That's by Tom Smith, who was in the Washington Post article, I believe. NPR picked it up. NPR doesn't normally write about gaming or gaming companies. It's not like their usual focus, but they picked this up as well. Um, they've titled theirs, Embattled Activision Blizzard to Employees Consider the Consequences of Unionizing. And, you know, it just kind of goes from there. Some of this I think I've already read, but, you know, you can pick and choose which article you want to read. But we do have, from BlizzJess, um, a screenshot of the full message from Brian Bulatal. It's got the company header on it. It was from December 10th. And um, just to see how tone-deaf this guy is, to you know, this is what I'm going I'm to read this to you. It's tiny little print. Not everybody's going to be able to see it very well, so I'm just going to read it to you. Everyone. There's a way to go. Everyone. You know, nobody specific, everyone, you're all the same. At Activision Blizzard, we are working hard to create a more inclusive, supportive, and rewarding environment, and thanks to your input, we are making progress. In the past few months, we've announced that we are converting nearly 500 temporary workers to full-time employees at Activision publishing studios, and we have increased wages for a large portion of temporary workers and added part-time off benefits or paid time off benefits. We in- introduced a zero-tolerance harassment policy, you know, the one that doesn't apply to Bobby Kotick apparently, and waived required attribution of sexual harassment and discrimination claims we have made significant uh, commitments to increase gender diversity and are dedicating 250 million dollars to accelerate opportunities for diverse talent across the industry i'm going to come back to that gender diversity in a little bit as well Okay, to continue, we have more to do, and we believe that direct dialogue between management and employees is essential to the success of Activision Blizzard. Now, I don't know why he believes that, because so far, ABK's been asking for a whole lot of stuff. They got some of it, but they don't have everything, and they're getting pushed back about joining a union. So I don't really think... You know, the high ups at Activision Blizzard are listening to the workers, but he's trying to make you think so. As you have may have seen as you may have seen yesterday, there was a communication supported by Communication Workers of America, CWA, that asked employees to sign and submit union authorization cards. I want to be clear about this, and this sentence is in bold. The leadership of Activision Blizzard supports your right under the National Labor Relations Act, N L R A, to make your own decision about whether or not to join a union that's the put this in here so we don't get sued portion of this Um, continuing as you make this decision for your future we ask only that you take time to consider the consequences of your signature on the binding legal document presented to you by cwa once you sign that document you have signed over to cwa the exclusive right to represent you for the purposes of collective bargaining concerning all terms and conditions of employment Okay, so he understands how signing union cards work, I guess, right? That's what they do. Uh, That means that your ability to negotiate all of your own working conditions will be turned over to CWA, just as the document says. This is scare tactics. This is scare tactics. To continue, achieving our workplace culture aspirations will best occur through active, transparent dialogue between leaders and employees that we can act upon quickly. That is the better path than simply signing an electronic form offered to you by CWA or awaiting the outcome of a legally mandated and regulated bargaining process sometime in the future. They're scared. That's the paragraph that says they're scared. Um, most of this says they're scared, honestly. If we fail to achieve the workplace goals we have set forth, if we fail to do the things we've committed to doing, then of course you will always have the right to engage with and vote for CWA. But we are confident that we will make the progress we've previously pledged to make and create a workplace with you that we can all be proud of. As always, we welcome outreach with concerns or ideas to help make improvements. And there are multiple avenues internally for dialogue, both direct and anonymous. This is union busting. This is an attempt at union busting by a company that hired Wilmer Hale that, oh, uh, you know, specializes in union busting. Remember that? I remember that. I bet a lot of workers at ABK remember that. Um, to continue on, we've got Bloomberg Law. Again, Bloomberg doesn't normally write about video games either, but here we are. And on December 13th, they wrote an article that says Activision avoids California bid to intervene in settlement. Remember that settlement? Here's a few paragraphs about this thing. Um, a federal judge said she would reject California's bid to intervene in Activision Blizzard Inc.'s proposed $18 million settlement over sexual harassment and discrimination claims within the U.S. Equal, Oppo- Equal Employment Opportunity Commission. Quote, I'm not going to allow the DFEH, that's one of the groups that sued uh, Activision Blizzard. Uh, To intervene, it's just not appropriate. Judge Dale S. Fisher of the U.S. District Court for the Central District of California said in a remote hearing Monday, while we are in a pandemic, that part's fair, uh, referring to the state's Department of Fair Employment and Housing. Fisher's final ruling on the California motion is forthcoming, but the judge told the parties, quote, it is highly unlikely that I would change my mind and allow the DFEH to intervene. The ruling, which will block DFEH from formally joining the case, may allow Activision to begin resolving some of its legal challenges. Over the alleged harassment of female employees. Okay, I think they have to put in "alleged" for legal reasons, but we know some of this happened. People have been telling their stories all over social media to continue, but that doesn't necessarily mean the court will approve the proposed settlement itself. Fisher said, "Quote: The fact that this particular decree is consistent with others doesn't necessarily mean that in this case I'm going to approve it." She said, um, and then there's you know background on what this was. Um, the judge is apparently kind of grumpy about this. Uh, Judge Fisher said she would allow the state agency to file an amicus brief in the federal case, but scolded both agencies for their very public dispute over the Activision allegations. This is a bit unseemly. Fisher told the agencies, I feel like I should send the two of you to a mediator, never mind Activision getting involved in this. You apparently have been working well together for a long time, and you'll have to be working well together in the future, Fisher says. It seems like not only the defendant, but also some of these employees and former employees are going to get caught in the middle here and That's not appropriate. Activision and the EEOC will submit clarifications on the proposed consent decree for the settlement to the court in early January. The DFEH will have 14 days to submit comments. So there's that going on. And then we have um, another thing that now it's at Tech Jess underscore Tech Jess, sort of Blizz blizz Jess, same person. She'll be leaving Blizzard soon, is my uh, understanding. Um, there's a message with the official Activision Blizzard header and all of the, many of the characters from various games uh, off to the side. And it says a message from Julie Hodges was uh, sent out December 10. Managers, we know many of you are getting questions from employees about union-related issues and knowing how to respond can be tricky. To that end, we will be holding several manager training sessions next week to provide you guidance on how to address these questions and ask that you attend one of them. Please look for invitations that will go out before the end of this week. In the meantime, we will be preparing short Q&As on some of your immediate questions, but if you have any other questions, please contact your HRBP, Best Julie. Jessica Gonzalez, uh, tech now Tech Jess, says this is the first manager training they have been offered. It was important enough to Blizzard to scare people at Blizzard into not joining a union that they actually bothered to do a manager training, something apparently they haven't done. That tells you a lot about the high-ups in the company. They're terrified. They're scared. They're... Uh, possibly concerned that they're going to be called out uh, about their actions again the gamer has an article a message from activision to employees if activision was honest this is very likely satire but it might be amusing to read i'm not going to read it off because it might confuse the message here but yeah then we have kotaku and uh kotaku has an article that was posted on looks like the 10th activision exec to organizing workers please don't unionize two little emojis that's what it says with the w in there you know (laughs) um so it's got the whole letter there's a little bit in here though about brian Bulatow from kotaku the email writer Brian Bulatow is a Donald Trump crony Activision Blizzard brought in as a chief administrator, off, uh, administrative officer earlier this year. During his time in politics, Bulatow reportedly acted as former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo's, quote, attack dog at one point, quote, bullying, end quote, former Inspector General Steve Linick, as Linick investigated the Trump administration's 2019 sale of $8 billion in arms to Saudi Arabia. And then there's a the whole... Uh, letter in there. Whoever wrote the Kotako article, which I should just look at here, uh, Ian Walker, uh, wrote Bulatow's email reeks of desperation, another attempt by Activision Blizzard Management, which previously hired a union-busting law firm, to rein in the company's beleaguered workforce before employees realized the power they wield. The memo messaging draws explicitly from decades of rhetoric spun by predatory bosses, terrified of collective action. The only thing missing is a reference to Activision Blizzard as a family, though it's clear management would rather the organization's numerous problems be handled internally, free from public scrutiny, when their decisions inevitably harm workers and benefit executives. And it kind of goes on from there. There's more stuff in here, but that's kind of the key points from that particular article. I just, I'm really honestly surprised that this many, like, big papers that don't, papers i guess um that don't normally write about video games are over here writing about video games again with this whole thing and then there's there's things that happened that don't directly affect activision blizzard but um i mentioned the uh the gofundme that people uh had set up and i think uh jessica gonzalez is one of the people that set up the gofundme now she's leaving blizzard um soon i think end of end of the year which is soon. So um, this isn't something, you know, I guess she's getting harassed. I don't know who she's getting harassed by. But on December 13th, she wrote, I can guarantee you that I am not touching any of the GoFundMe money. I will not be receiving special treatment from the unionizing efforts. I'm not even joining the union. People are free to speculate my motives and all they want. But all I want is for my friends to make great games. And there's a, there's a thread. I left the we are ABK and Code CWA servers. I want nothing. So whoever's out there harassing her for whatever reason, um, could you stop, maybe? She's trying to do something good for fellow workers and stuff, and she's currently still a worker, all right? So just maybe not be an asshole on Twitter. I know that's hard for some people, but anyway. um, So then the Washington Post comes back on the... this is from the 9th, and it was talking about... I think I've probably already went over this. Yeah, I already went over that, so I'll skip that one entirely. And let's see, there's... The Verge wrote about the uh, consent decree, and I think I've already read about that too, so I'll just get rid of that one as well. Sometimes I can't tell from looking at the tweet if it's the same thing or not. So basically, that part with the lawsuit with the judge talking about the 18, you know, the money set aside for victims, you know, I I guess, I don't know, I guess that's maybe not going to happen now. It's hard to say what the judge is going to do, so that's what I meant when I said I'd come back to that one. I also said I was going to come back to uh, gender representation. On December 16th, a person who is a managing editor for Games Industry Biz uh, linked to a thing from Activision and um, wrote, Hey, Activision Blizzard, I don't know if your 2021 representation report about how diverse and inclusive you're trying to be is the best place to pretend your non-binary employees don't exist. And here's the stuff. So again, it's got the header, Activision Blizzard. It says 2021 representation data. It's got a whole bunch of characters from various parts of the company. And it's showing diversity data. Now there's a lot of stuff in here. There's a lot of little graphics. It's big font and things like that. Um, but the key points are as follows. Today we share 2021 diversity data and commit to quarterly updates. So they've got two groups here they're talking about with industry uh, comparison. So we've got sections. We've got all of it, King, Activision, Blizzard, we've got just Activision, Blizzard, we've got just Activision, we've got just Blizzard, and we've got just King. The top row has percentages of how many women are in the industry, okay, in each group and overall, and then the second group, it says underrepresented ethnic groups, EUGs. I'm like, what the heck is an underrepresented, what does that mean exactly? You just merge all the groups together? I mean, how, how does this work? So when you get to the bottom of the page, there's some notes here. And it says, Our ethnicity data is limited to the United States and, like our gender data, represents employees' self-selection. In this case, the fields from which employees select include white, two or more races, Hispanic or Latino, American Indian or Alaskan Native, Black or African American, Asian... There's a lot of diversity in that, but that's what they chose. Uh, Native Hawaiian or other Pacific Islander and prefer not to say. Okay. So that's what they're just throwing these all together. So we don't know like how many people are Hispanic working for these companies. How many people are Native American or American Indian, you know, working for these companies what you know we've got asian people here how many from which countries you know is their heritage and you know this is a mess this is a mess to start off with but the other thing is even though there's a paragraph within this and it's showing you how many women and how many you know whatever they're calling it where they mushed all the races together unrepresented underrepresented ethnic groups you know together in here we've got this statement And it's from October 28th, 2021 announcement. It says uh, from their CEO. So this is Bobby Kotick. We will increase the percentage of women and non-binary people in our workforce by 50% and will invest $250 million to accelerate opportunities for diverse talent. Today, approximately 24% of our global employee population identifies as women or non-binary. Building on the success that King and other business units have achieved, we will seek to increase our percentage of women and non-binary professionals by approximately 50%. Kind of said that at the top there, but okay. To more than one-third across the entire company within the next five years and hopefully faster, each franchise team, business unit, and functional area will be expected to have plans to help fulfill this ambition. So they're specifically pointing out non-binary in this thing from the CEO. But non-binary doesn't show up anywhere in this. You're either women or you're in the other group, which could be, you know, any... Any gender, you know, that they've merged all together in a way that I don't feel is healthy at all. So what the heck happened with that, right? So you go back to the bottom here. And it says, our gender data is global. Their ethnicity data is limited to the United States. But their gender identity data is global and represents employee self-selection between fields of, here's your choices, woman, man, other, and prefer not to say. So if you're non-binary, like I am, and you were part of this, I'm not part of ABK, but um, you know, and you decided to fill this out for whatever reason, you might not feel comfortable selecting woman. You might not be comfortable selecting man. So your options are other or prefer not to say, but then they talk up how we're just, we're interested in having non-binary people be represented. And then they erase it like through this and the way they've done this. They've just grouped us in with women, apparently. I don't know how this happens. It's real bad. They gotta do better on this. If you're gonna ask about how many people of specific genders are in your, you know, companies and you honestly do wanna know so that you can increase representation where needed, maybe don't erase the non binaries that you ask to you know, be a part of this by giving them other where they, I don't know. Are we all just women now? Is, are we women light? That's something people have said. It's not true, but it's annoying. So that's another thing that I'm pissed off about with Activision Blizzard at the moment, because I mean, how do you do that exactly? Yeah. So there's that, uh, there's a couple other things in here that maybe I've already talked about. Oh, here's a little brief one, um, from a better Ubisoft, which is also fighting to get better, uh, experience at work, basically. You know, they've, they've got some of the same things going on. And uh, I think they might want a union. I'm not sure. Uh, so, A Better Ubisoft wrote on December 15th, which is today. Nope, yesterday. Um, on this day in history, a group of developers at Ubisoft in France created the anonymous virtual, quote, union called Ubifree, decrying statements from the company founders in an article uh, by, it looks like, Lieb, L-I-B-E. And it's uh, sort of an English... But basically, they they got it, you know, so people that want to learn about unions can check that out. If working at Blizzard is your dream, and for a lot of people it is, I get it. There's a couple of career announcements that you can maybe look at if you have the right skills. One of them wants technical artists for an unannounced project, and another one wants uh, global teams Uh, global comms team has two openings for the editorial inclined one is a mid-level one is a senior level and it is for um i guess editorial so there's that kind of thing so there's those things are open i know there's a lot of good people working for blizzard i don't know that i could pick out someone that's working for activision but i do know some people that have worked for blizzard are working for blizzard used to work for blizzard are going to be working for Blizzard. So, I mean, I there's good things there. There's good people. I mean, I feel that their management is horrible and doing terrible things to people, but the people working there, I believe that there's good people still there. So, if you want to go there, there's some options. There's a company called Vodio Games, and they united with uh, Code CWA, and they have a union now. And there's a whole article with some really interesting art in it if you want to read that. So, that's on Polygon, And Vodio Workers United actually tweeted out, We are workers at Vodio Games, and today we're thrilled to announce we have come together to form Vodio Workers United, the first certified union of video game workers in North America organized with code CWA. And there's a thread there you can read if you want. So here's, you know, where you can see that this can work, and it will work, and that it looks like ABK is in the process of signing union cards, so they're going to get a union at some point. They're going to have to fight, as they always are, but... I think they'll win. Overall, I think they will win. So moving on to the Diablo stuff you probably came here to listen to. But I think the rest is important because it puts things in context as to what's really happening at these gaming companies and, you know, who's to blame and how they can be better and are choosing not to, you know, and just so much push from workers to make things better. I'm really impressed by that. If it was me working there, I probably would have just quit and been like, I am done with this mess, you know, but... Um, I don't work there, so (laughs) I don't have to worry about that. If you're on Twitter, you may have seen a tweet from the Diablo account on the 13th of December. It said, Dark gifts are coming on December 17, 10 a.m. Pacific Time. Like this tweet... To be notified when Hell's celebrations begin. And there's a picture here. There's some flames at the bottom. It's a red background. There is like an outlined head of the Dark Wanderer and some runes all around his head. It says prepare for Hell's gifts. And basically says the same thing that was said above. But it also had hashtag Hail Diablo. And I'm like okay. So you click like. And then you get to be notified when Hell's celebrations begin. I'm not really sure what that's going to be. You know, the tweet is kind of cryptic. It's not really telling you a lot. Um, But I do know that today when I was putting show notes together, a handful of streamers got a box with um, a card on the front telling them not to open it until the time that this uh, Hell's Celebrations begin. I'm not sure where to go to find those. But we'll see soon by the time this show is released because we're recording this on the 16th and it'll be released on the... 18th, I think, is Saturday. We might know the answer, but it's kind of intriguing. So I clicked it, and we'll just see what happens. Um, let's see what else we have here. Okay, so Bloodshed has a video, it's a Diablo 3 video, called Easy Puzzle Rings, Easy Gems, Season 25 Guide, Diablo 3 Patch Build, 2.7.2 Reaper of Souls. And he's also got Diablo 3 Witch Doctor, Season 25, Arachne Corpse Spiders, uh, GR, Solo Build, 2.7. 7.2 If you want to run that, Max Roll tweeted There are many classes with their own individual builds in Diablo 3. As top spots are changing rapidly, especially in season 25 with the Soul Shards, we keep you up to date on our Soul Tier solo tier list. And there's tier lists there of what kinds you know they think work better. So if you're not sure what you're playing or you've already started and uh, just kind of maybe aren't liking it so well, you can check that out and maybe get some help for that. Uh, Zen Kiki has a video called Diablo 3 Season 25 Guide Pets and Portraits, which is how to get this stuff, like the special loot out of Season 25, if you finish it all. There's a Diablo tweet that asked people to show their Diablo fan art, and it's got a big picture of a cosplayer named Tanya uh, Bear. Tanya Bayer, COS for Cosplayer, uh, as Lilith. And if you scroll down from that tweet, you can see all this amazing Diablo art that's just all over the place. So much variety and so much talent in the Diablo community. It's really neat. It's hard to explain it all. And then Diablo went kind of weird with Christmas stuff. Like, previously there was a image of, I think it was D2, with like a barbarian that his hand had his hands stuck in these like metal things, and he was on his knees. And it said, like, Thanksgiving, and then the same image with the Santa hat on and it said Christmas or something like that. Like, it's just that kind of like dark and weird and, you know, that we must all like if we're playing these games, right? There's one that says jingle all the sleigh and there's a demon pulling a sleigh with the head of some other demon on the front and I'm not sure who's piloting that but he's wearing a Santa hat and the demon has reindeer ears like a headband with little bells or little balls of uh, like a tree like they decorated him like a tree a little bit so that's kind of weird. There's one from today that says the spirit of giving rises and here's a necromancer trying to raise a skeleton and instead he gets a big giant box that's wrapped like a Christmas present. (laughs) And looks rather confused about it. There's um, okay. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna describe all of this. But Diablo tweeted, "Am I doing this right?" And it's that. Um, it's that shield with the four different colors I can't remember Jester's shield something I can't I'm I'm a little tired right now I can't remember what it is but it's got four sockets and I'm not going to tell you what they put into those sockets because it's you'll just have to see it for yourself I'll put it in the show notes and then today was one called Season's Bleedings which has a very large close up of what looks to be a barbarian carrying a bag and wearing a red hat his eyes are red and he's got some little red demon wearing a green hat on his shoulder and it's just really creepy and interesting and very diablo there was on december 15th released a diablo 2 resurrected patch 2.4 highlights that were coming soon um let's see what's coming in here uh looks like ladder rank play is arriving early next year so that would be you know a couple weeks from now that'd be next year 2022 so it talks about ladder play and what that's probably going to be, there's a standard ladder, there's a hardcore ladder, there's a standard expansion ladder, and a hardcore expansion ladder, and the standard one, the casual version of ladder play that encompasses playing with four acts, the hardcore only one life version of ladder play that encompasses playing with four acts, the standard expansion ladder is the casual version of ladder play that encompasses playing five acts as it includes the Lord of Destruction's expansion content, and then the hardcore expansion one is like that as well. Uh, for the first time, players will have the chance to unlock a host of new rune words in the ladder system. To be clear, these rune words have never existed in the game before, and they will not be accessible in non ladder play like the previous set of ladder only runes was in the original Diablo 2 experience. At the end of a ladder season, players who successfully made these rune words will have their ladder characters be moved into a non ladder version of the game. Then at the beginning of the next ladder season, players will make a new ladder character and start all over again to earn new rewards. Currently we don't have specific new rune words to showcase but if you tune into our developer update stream, more details below, hosted by Mr. Llama, uh, you will, uh, be able to receive a glimpse. Now, I've tried to track down this video and I just wasn't very good at finding it. I'm thinking it was on Twitch. You might be able to find it somewhere. Might be in, for all I know, it might be in the, the uh, Battletech browser. I haven't gotten around to looking at that today, but that's what's going on with that. There's some class balance changes for the Amazon. Um... They generally like the current state of the Amazon class and believe her to be quite balanced, but they see an opportunity to improve the melee skills for the assassin. Um, They see an opportunity for the martial arts build to shine brighter for the barbarian. Uh, They see opportunities to add more diversity to combat skills. That's kind of cool. For the Druid, they see exciting opportunities to level up certain aspects of this class, and they're talking about... They're reevaluating casting delays for fire skills, exploring improvements to some of their physical damage components, and improving synergies. For the Necromancer... Uh, They like the current state of the Necromancer class, but they see an opportunity to improve specific summons that they believe are being underused. For the Paladin, Wrath of the Holy Zealot is glorious. Despite this, we believe certain combat skills are underused. We're exploring ways to make lesser-used skills more utilized. For the Sorceress... They're very satisfied with the sorceress's current state, but see f- a few opportunities for improvement um, with cold skills. They believe there could be more diversity within the armor skills: frozen armor, shiver armor, chilling armor for distinct advantages. They're also looking at adding more build possibilities around lesser used lightning skills by exploring more skill synergies and stuff like that. There's mercenary changes and new rune words. That's be- I think they kind of talked about that a little bit. There's new horador cube recipes. Uh, there is a link to the Twitch thing with uh, Mr. Llama on it, and I've tried to get there, but I I failed to actually find the video, so I don't know if it's still up or how that's working, but that's the 2.4 highlights that are coming soon. Uh, Max Roll has a two point, patch 2.4 highlights as well, so you can read from them if you want to. They've got some kind of, they're showing a little bit more like, here's the skills and what to do that isn't visualized in the um, Diablo thing. Uh, Carbot has an assassin skill change Diablo 2 under the It'd Be Cool If uh, grouping of their stuff. So there's that. It's a slimmed down kind of animation and talking about, well, what if, you know, what if the assassin skills went like this or something like that? I find them entertaining. There's a very large thread on uh, Reddit Diablo, r slash Diablo, that's titled Everything We Know About Diablo 4 So Far. So there's a table of contents in this thing. There's links to everything in here. Stuff about the world, the monsters in combat, classes, character progression, game features. It goes on and on. So if you want to really dig into what we already know about D4, this is the, this is the thread. I don't usually hang out on Reddit, but once in a while I will for stuff like this. And I think that's everything that I brought to the show today. So there we are hope all of you are having a good time playing d2 and playing diablo 3 20 season 25 i've started it i've got a video up on youtube i've got another one i haven't put up yet and i'll get there when i can um so yeah that's pretty much it and i'm gonna close out the show here You have been listening to episode 337 of the Shattered Soulstone, your Diablo community podcast. Missed an episode? You can find the show blog and listen to the show archives at www.shatteredsoulstone.com. Come join us in game, our in-game community and clan named Shattered Soulstone. Uh, both names Shattered Soulstone, at least in Diablo 3, I'm not sure about the rest, are open to anyone who would like to join. You can also join us on Discord for the ultimate team and community-based experience. Find the Discord invitation link on our Twitter and Facebook page, as well as at the Shattered Soulstone website. Thank you for listening.